What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, this is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Old School. Second hour here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. If you hadn't heard, DP's going to be gone for a little bit. So you get Jay and myself today, tomorrow, and next Tuesday. Because guess what? We don't have shows on Monday for the 4th of July. But welcome in. Old School brought to you by Sandhills Global. Sandhills Global has hundreds of job, job opportunities at their global headquarters here in Lincoln. Head to sandhills.jobs and apply today. That's hundreds of jobs at sandhills.jobs. And also something I want to mention. July 18th, an evening with the Huskers at Tanner Sports Bar and Grill and Tavern 180 presented by us here at 93.7 The Ticket. Special guests Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, Trey Palmer, and some Husker coaches Husker Online, Sean Callahan, will be the MC. It's $199 per person. That includes a cocktail hour, appetizers, drinks, a delicious Wagyu steak dinner, and an open bar. That is July 18th. It's the first 120 people to sign up. $199 per person, July 18th, an evening with the Huskers. Head to theticketfm.com, click the banner, sign up today. Right. It'll be a blast. We got, our, we got our own table there. I don't know who's all going to be there. I know DP, Jay might be there. See if Rashawn will go, Strick. I don't know who else, but it's going to be a good table, and you've got some players there. Maybe some other players show up. Who knows? I mean, it's Wagyu steak dinner. So yeah, you can't I know I'd it. show up. Yeah, for sure. That's a specialty beef. So oh, yeah. If, uh, I'm, if I'm a player, I'm like, look, I know we're getting some good some good steak at the training tables and all that, but right. I'm going I'm, I'm to get me some Wagyu. That, yeah. That's not being that's not being. Yeah, that's not the training table. So it would be interesting. Uh, I know it was to say they're going to have some special guests, coaches and stuff like that. So it'll be a good event. So if it's somebody, you know, you guys out there listening, definitely be uh, one of the first to sign up, man, because it's uh, definitely going to be a packed house. Yep. And join us in, join in on our conversations today, 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Starter Heyman Text Line, and the Starter Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can leave comments on there. I'll throw them up on the screen if they're any good. But nobody ever leaves any comments, so it's whatever. Um, but right now, we are going to get into – I saw an article by Robin Washett on On3. Shout out to Robin Washett. Um, talking about the defensive line and some defensive leaders. Um, and he mentions Nash Hutmacher working his way into a leadership role. And that got me thinking, who would be your leaders, Just, just not just on the entire defense, but just on that defensive line? Because you've heard Garrett Nelson put on some weight to play defensive end and you'd also stay at outside linebacker, but more of a, more of a pass rushing role. So who would be your leaders 
on that defensive line with Ty Robinson being your most experienced lineman coming back, Nash Hupmacher, who everybody's talking about being you know the polar bear and as strong as he is, maxing out at 800 pounds on squat currently, apparently. That's what they're saying, right? Uh, which is a crazy amount of weight. That, right. that bar is bending easily. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you have Ty, you have Nash, Garrett moving down there, and a couple transfers. Who 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 goes into a leadership role first off? And second... What would you define as leadership? Uh, I think like uh, up front, um, definitely it'd be, you know, Ty and Garrett. Um, they're the elder statesmen, both by, you know, age, playing experience, and uh, especially in Garrett's case, you know, pro- productivity. So um, those are guys that are going to, you know, lead the group both uh, emotionally, vocally, and obviously hopefully, you know, the most important is play on the field. And, um you know Nash. You know he. You know he has the opportunity to step up. You know so it's a big summer for him, or has been a big summer for him. Then you get Drew and Win guys. You know with Drew having some really you know good experience and productivity. Win where he's looking for an opportunity to play. Definitely has a size and obviously the pedigree. If you're at Alabama, you 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 do, you're doing something right now. Look, you know you don't you don't necessarily hold it against a guy that hasn't been able to play much. Being from Alabama, with the plethora of first round, second round, third round picks that they put out every single <laughs> yeah, I was year, just say you look at you and look they, at the guys that have been drafted in front right. of them, and those guys weren't hard. just playing one year. No, I mean even the guy that got drafted this year had to wait till his senior year. So it's a trickle down effect. So you, you know you expect him to be able to be productive. Um, so right there on top, of, you know, just up the middle in a I guess a four man front, whether it's nickel or you know base defense, you got four guys that you know you feel like um, you feel good good with. And then you got Colton Feast, and then you got uh, Buckley, and so you actually got six. And, and um, you know, I think Colton Feast, you know, is a local kid. I think he's a lot better than what people give him credit for. Um, he's always been a productive player. I think he was coming on last year, and I think he might have got hurt or something like that. You guys probably know better than me. And then you know, with the the outside linebackers, you know, you obviously got Garrett, Caleb, uh, O'Shawn Mathis, um, you know, Jamari Butler, Blaze Gunnerson. And so that you like the depth there, um, and then you know, so the defense I think is uh, front is probably better now than what people thought coming out of spring. Um, now it's all on paper. Now they got to get some continuity in play. But leadership to me um, is is a plethora of things. One, you got to know, you got to be you know selfless and understanding. You know, you're leading not just your position group but everybody across the board. Um, you got to hold yourself to a higher standard than maybe even some of your teammates. Um, you always got to be on point and it's got to be uh, true and natural. So you got to be your own leader. Um, of course, you got to be a vocal leader. You got to be an emotional leader, but there's more to leadership than that. Um, you got to know when you got to put your arm around somebody and, and encourage them or to, you know, hold them accountable. You got to know what make every, what makes all the other players, you know, tick. Um, and then you got to be a productive player because there's been guys here that have been talkers in the media and like, emotional mm-hmm. that are out there busting basic coverages, busting basic defensive fronts, getting smoked on offense, you know, as far as like not even touching guys and blocking, um, playing soft and stuff like that. So, you know, your best leaders and your hardest workers, you know, generally you want as your, you know, productive players. And sometimes I think Nebraska's fell in love with like anointing our best players as leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, here this is recent. But they actually weren't because they didn't leave anything afterwards. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah, I think I the guys that they have this year, you know, um, were ready for this, you know, type of role, you know, especially on defense. 
and I think they'll flourish in it. And I think um, the learning experience for some of the younger guys to see what the team and the defense went through last year um, really would ha- really help them to draw back on something where you had to, you know, find positives with losing, you know, obviously nine games. Uh, but then also they saw like a standard to play in, in, at, in sorts or in some form or fashion that, you know, even when your back's against the wall, you still got to play well. So, and then also they saw some things that they, they probably saw that the defense needed to do better down the stretch, need to play better against the run. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, make, make one more timely third down play. You know, I think if Nebraska, you take the sacks and everything like that and keep it around the same, if Nebraska plays even better on third down execution wise, that mean, execution means down and distance sticks, making the tackle that you need to get off the field. Um, I think, you know, just on that alone, take the, everything the, else stays the same. Everything else stays the same. And this but is not even same. talking about the additional players and yep. who can do this, who can step up, who's getting an opportunity. Um, I think that could lead to a couple more wins. And I think the special teams would be better so forth and so on. But yeah, you know, just having a better third down efficiency because th- this last season, you you could see it not not on the players you could see it on like social media and, and and you know fans and some media members where Nebraska gets a third down and it was like okay what's the down and distance it's third and third and ten oh they're gonna give up the third they're gonna give up the first down oh it's it's if it was anything between third and, and ten and you know third and like thirteen it was it was a yeah, oh, they, they might they, they might they might keep them there right but you might yeah. give up the first Th- down. those are the ones that are. I won't say they're backbreakers, but they're they're gut punches. Um because if, just say for instance you're in you know close to the middle of the field, right? Mm-hmm. Say that you're on their forty and it's third and fourteen and they get sixteen yards. Well they just flip the field on you. And so even if you stop them within the next drive, they're still pinning you back on offense. Yep. But if you stop them and you know, four or five plays before, and a lot of times on those type of Third downs. Now, there's players that make great plays, mm-hmm. make three guys miss, dive and get it right. Yeah. But when you're busting coverages or or jumping a under route and they're running the same basic route behind you, like a three two, like a three two uh, high low on you, right? Um, that's self induced. I, I, I always call that like punching yourself in the face. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. But a lot of times those are how those plays come open, you know, busted coverage and stuff like that, or not playing it to the, you know, the best of your ability based on down a distance situation. You're taking a chance and trying to make a play instead of just, or trusting. just doing your job yeah, or being a selfish player and saying, okay, well, I got the flat. Oh, I forgot. Well, yeah. did you not forget? It's been happening all season. Right. So, um, if they could just get a little bit better at that and I think they could, if they, you know, one thing I will say about defense and 
this is a defensive line. You can even say a little bit about offensive line. You know, playing hard and playing together can vastly improve improve your defense or offensive line. Mm-hmm. Now, Nebraska, I think, is in a really good situation where um, definitely with both the offensive line and defensive line coaches where, the, you know, the standard is that, that you know, your best effort is – that's got to be a guarantee. There is no – there is no gray area there. Yeah. So I think that's where I think that people will, will really see it, where it's going to be, you know, kind of every year. So the standard right there is the standard. And, um, you know, defensive line play, you see some pretty good defensive lines that play well um, together, and they end up being one of the most effective. If We talk about um, one of the best defenses of all time, the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they had Tony Saragusa, Sam Adams, um, Rob Burnett, Rob Burnett, and Michael McCrary, right? Mm-hmm. None of them were perennial pro bowlers, but to get, and Peter in um, Bowware was there. You know, he was kind of like an outside line. He was kind of actually like a Caleb. You know, where he was off the ball, third down, he would come and in, in, in rush. Yep. But when they played together, there wasn't a better unit, both against the run and pass, uh, in the league. So. Trusting the guy to your left, trusting right. the guy to your and right, they, knowing what and they're they were going getting to pressure do. all the time when they were running TE stunts, ET stunts, or you know um, running long loops. Mm-hmm. They were hitting them in the right places, and the blitzes were getting there. So, and then they they were able to play coverage. They were able to do stuff. They were able to jump routes. You had yeah. you know so Rod Woodson and and, uh, and 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 Chris McAllister and guys like that playing really really well. Yeah, so you don't need a bunch of Hall of Famers if you just have guys who work really well together. I mean, who know who know what they're going to do, know what the guy next to him is going to do, and they can work well together in getting somebody open, somebody a, a rush, uh, an open path to the quarterback. Whether it be somebody on the defensive line or it be somebody yeah, behind blitzer, them in the, yeah. in the in the linebacking core or or a defensive back. So it's it's I I don't I don't really know how to word it. It's just something that. They're going to have to work on where even if they don't have a lot of ex- one person doesn't have you know the most experience as long as they work together they know each other on a on a deeper level than just oh yeah that's my teammate I know his name and I know his number right like you got to get in together so when you're in there it's got to be constant communication I always say the best defenses are the loudest ones and it starts up front um, you know. I mean, Coach Dawson to have those guys, you know, ready to go. Or, you know, when you're running stunts or you're running loops and stuff like that, you got to be hitting it like you're going to, you know, you're going to get in there and make mm-hmm. the play. You can't go in there like, oh, well, chances of me getting a sack, so I'm just going to kind of just go through the motions. Well, yeah, that, I'm going that's, all the way around here. There's no way I'm going to get to it. Right. And so when you when you get your chance, you got to make the plays. And so, you know, what, like I said, if they do that, they'll be fine. So we won't. you don't necessarily have to worry about, each individual player being all Big Ten. Now, all that stuff comes after you guys play well. The defense plays well, more guys are going to show up on lists. There's guys that haven't made all Big Ten or anything that are better than some of the guys that have because the guys that that are on those lists are on a better team. The number one pick wasn't even all all SEC, and he had seven sacks. Yeah. He wasn't even first team. He wasn't (laughs) even first team, and he went number one in the draft. So, um, you know, it can happen. I think think these guys are, you know – going to embrace the challenge um every day is going to be competitive because even you know you say you got six potential guys there that can really you know play well nobody's really proven you get what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. it's in the middle of the defense line defensive line so the attention the motivation and everything is going to be there and then um you know as far as you know the outside rushers you know there's plenty of opportunity there to get um 
reps and um, you challenge each other as well. You got you know so and then defensive backs. I think you know I think you know whether it's Tommy Hill and Newsom or or whoever the comp- you know you got Buford where he's kind of like a jack of all trades. And that then, defensive backroom is a big is a big question for me because yeah. I just I have no idea what's going to happen because you, you have I mean you have Quentin Newsom who was your your number two corner last year. He you you assume right. and I don't you know you know what they say about assuming. You know, you you assume that he's going to be your number one, and then you just have to fill in the two experienced safeties that you lost, and then your number two went to number one, so you have to fill in that number two. Right. You got a bunt, a boatload of transfers for the defensive back room, right. so it's just finding a with spot some young guys and and guys that were holdovers. So the competition is going to you know hopefully cream rise to the top. So um, I think it'll you know, be, start out maybe a work in progress, but I think, it, you know, as the season goes along, especially in those first three or four games, you'll start to see it kind of, you know, take form. I mean, you got to think Omar Brown came in. I know he's been hurt ever since he's pretty much been here. Experienced player, uh, especially at the level he came from. Um, I think Miles he's healthy Far- now. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's healthy now. Yeah. You got Miles Farmer, who has a lot of potential, played some last year. Um, you got Buford that can kind of play both outside and inside. Um and you got a couple other transfers in, a couple of JUCO guys, and you got guys on the outside as well. I mean, it's 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 uh, Braxton Clark. Braxton Clark, um, who was I, pe- people forget about this. He was penciled in as the number two corner before the season started, before he got hurt. Yeah, and then Quentin Newsom stepped in and, and took and, it over. And did well, yeah, and that's uh, so. There's a lot of pressure there because as we've been talking about these, some of these younger guys or the guys that are older now and they were younger for years. Your years are counting up, and now you're towards the end, and now you got to start either producing or somebody's going to take your spot. It's crazy because we talk about how they have they're they're so young at a bunch of different spots, but it's it's like COVID young, where you have guys who have been here for two years, but they've been technically here. they're been they're here like one they're one year or they've yeah. been here for three years. So you have a bunch of guys who don't have experience getting on the field, but they have been within the program with this coaching staff surrounded by their teammates for multiple years. Right. So the only issue with them is the lack of playing experience. It's right. not the lack of, of knowing the, the defense. Right. Or, it's just getting out anything. there and playing it's just and actually and getting out and showing what they have. And people, I mean, you're, there's going to be mistakes that are going to be made. Um, especially when you have a lot of guys that haven't been playing, especially when you have Cam Taylor, Britt, um, Williams, and Dismuke that not only played in the system well, obviously, um, practice well, always were accountable. Mm-hmm. So they it's not only the game reps, it's the practice reps. So you, so these guys are doing a lot of catch up, but the competition is there, and that's the good thing. Nobody should feel comfortable. Nobody yeah. on this team should really feel. First of all, you're three and nine. Nobody should feel comfortable. No, so no, no, no matter how many pictures they post you post of you or put you on magazines or you're doing all that stuff, you shouldn't feel comfortable because nobody on this team, and this isn't being a a negative, it's actually a positive. Nobody on this team has done anything to where you should be walking around and thinking you you have arrived or you know what you're doing. Keeping things the same from a 3-9 and team doesn't really seem like feasible. You can't do, yeah, and and this is where I always push back where, Everybody wants to blame the coaches, this X, Y, and Z. Well, the players are accountable because if you're doing average, just doing what's ever like on my workout paper here, mm-hmm. you're going to get average. The more you put in when the lights are off is how you're going to play better individually and, and ideally collectively. That means everybody or high majority or high percentage of your team is doing it. So um, 
you know, a lot of it falls on on them as well. Now the coaches got to lead and find ways to kind of put them in the right positions, but you got to make plays. And um, you know, it's a good thing to where <clears throat> maybe the you know, look, there's a lot of pressure in the whole program in general, yeah. right? So it's not just on the coaching staff; it's on the players as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And they learned that last year in those four position groups, right? Yeah. Like, okay, you know, listen, we don't. We don't, we don't we don't produce like we're gonna have a new leader in our room, whether you like it or not. The players in those rooms didn't perform well enough or didn't take advantage of the opportunities that they had. So what I'm getting to is like the the coaches or the I say the coaches and the players they're in the same situation. Mm-hmm. So it could really work out well where they can go really go through it together. There's no security, you know. So I you know I think if you look at it and if you just really embrace where we're at and let's just go forward and opportunities there schedule talent wise um acquisition wise uh, you know you, you should feel very confident going into the season it should all be wide open and everybody's kind of starting from square one even if, even if you're a returning starter you you're a returning starter from a three-win team so you right. start from square one everybody as you said moves if you forward play together. well you could be, even if you don't say take somebody's position you're going to be playing yeah so that means you're like one ankle injury or one bad game into being that guy exactly there you go. Exactly. All right. When we come back, you know, I, I really like that conversation about leadership and the, and the defense. Let's flip to the other side. Let's talk about the offense, leadership, and who, who who might take over on that side of the ball up next on Old School. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. 